Blog Talk Radio. The homeless is still homeless. The poor is still poor. Yet we find billions of dollars to fund senseless war. And yes, we're fighting terrorism. What about the quiet racism? Dividing among ourselves. Somebody's crying for help. Heaven is listening. Heaven is watching. Heaven knows. And they may not play this on the radio. Cause the devil don't want you to know. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Unbuzzment Press Show. I'm your host, Bishop L.J. Guillory. I'm here in the magnificent Beverly Hills, chilling like a villain. And I'm just saying, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So um, we're live, as you know, we're Facebook Live, but we're also on Blog Talk USA. You can find us there. And uh, for all of you that don't know the number, you have a question you want to call in, whether I take it or not, you can call in and let me know that you are interested in asking a question. So, on one side, we have the people who are vaccinated. On the other side, we have the people that are not vaccinated. We have these masks that we should wear everywhere we go in public. And uh, there are people who are now saying, where's your vaccination card? Um, you have people who are selling vaccination cards on the black market. You have people that are don't know what a vaccination card looks like. So if you print it up on your home computer, they wouldn't know. But I'm asking you. How do you feel about being vaccinated or not being vaccinated? How do you feel about the discrimination or the separation of the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated? That's a question that we're going to ask our guests tonight. And we're going to discuss uh, something that most people have not discussed in a long time. Does your vaccination give you immunity from the new variants? Now, Individuals like me that have been tested for our immunity levels, uh, we know that our immunity levels is at uh, 240. Most of the Americans who are getting vaccinated who have not had COVID may be at a 40 or a 60. If you've had COVID and you take a vaccination, you may be at a 120 or 160. I have 240. So either I had a double dose of COVID or my immunity levels are just high, or I'm just blessed by the Father to be still standing here, sitting here. But I attribute some of my immunity levels to the cigars that I smoke. <laughs> if this don't kill you, it'll save you from being killed. But uh, George Burns smoked these cigars. He enjoyed them. I enjoy them. And it didn't surprise me when my doctors came back and told me that my immunity levels was higher than his. He says, "What is your, what is your uh, reason? So, what do you, what do you think it is?" I said, "Well, I smoke a cigar." He says, "A cigar?" I said, "Yeah, a cigar an hour." 
Anyway, so we're going to have some phone callers to call in. Let us know how you feel about the vaccination. Now, please let me give you this disclosure. We're not telling you to, that you shouldn't be vaccinated. We're not telling you that you should be vaccinated. We just want to understand the uh, variables between those individuals who have been vaccinated and those who have refused vaccination, those individuals who have had the vaccination and somehow feel that um, the government who pushed for the vaccination kind of left you in a query when it came down to any side effects that you had. So, you know, my initiative is to make people think. And my biggest concern is that we have thousands and thousands of Americans who have been vaccinated and had side effects but have had to to absorb that cost. And some of it, some of the cost was even death. So um, we are looking forward to um, having uh, a great talk show today. And my sister, Rihanna, uh, is calling in. Uh, Rihanna, uh, is that Dr. Allen calling on the uh, 1906? Uh, I have opened that phone line. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Dr. Allen, hi. You're on the air. Uh, Dr. Allen, Dr. Eugene Allen, thank you for being a part of the show. I thought you were going to call me, so that's fine. Uh, Welcome to the show. What we're just discussing is uh, vaccination, non-vaccination. More importantly, I told them we're going to discuss something that most people haven't even discussed. Uh, It's kind of discussion out there, and uh, and that is the immunity from uh, COVID-19. Welcome to the show, Dr. Allen. How are you doing? Uh, Thank you for having me, uh, Bishop. I'm, I'm doing extremely well tonight. Yes, I want uh, all of my listening audience, I want you to know that for the last year and a half, Dr. Allen has donated his services to go into the community uh, where no one wanted to, to give tests. Dr. Allen was out giving tests uh, and helping us to make sure the people were tested. Um, when I got tested and I was COVID positive, Dr. Allen came to my house with a team gave me the necessary vitamins, gave me the grandmother's uh, uh, remedy, and I was back on my feet walking, talking, and smoking cigars. So thank you very Dr. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Allen, uh, even though you put me on a 12-day quarantine. Uh, <laughs> I feel great, and I'm glad I lived through it. Absolutely, Bishop. I'm, I'm, I, I, trust me, you, you've been – an attribute of health for for a lot of us out here just to just to see you still out making a difference like you're doing. So, Dr. Allen, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what most talk show hosts don't do, and I'm gonna turn the floor over to you. Uh, there's a plethora of information that you have, and I want to make sure that everybody grab a pen, grab you some paper. Uh, this is information that you're not gonna get just anywhere. Dr. Allen uh, has credentials that go, you know, from the emergency room physician to the surgeon to the 
to the to the to the guy that has opened up, had a dream of having urgent cares and opened them up all over Southern California. But more importantly, he is a doctor that listens to his patients and cares about his patients. And right now, he's doing something that most people are not doing. He's researching, and he's figuring out, hey, is, what's the difference from the people who are, are COVID vaccinated and the people that are uh, naturally immune to COVID-19? Go ahead. Doc, take the floor. Uh, th- thanks, Vision, for the opportunity. Um, what, what, what we're trying to see now, um, and it's, it's just a, 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 a pilot type of um, uh, infrastructure that we're doing in-house. I, I don't have all the data to, to expose the real details, but the ideal now is to try to separate, uh, uh, or let's say bring union would be a better word, of the unvaccinated, vaccinated saga that's continued to happen by, by bringing forth information that will help us uh, um, get together on the same accord, and we're trying to just, we're trying to limit that that diversity of uh, you have immunity because you're vaccinated, so uh, and therefore you get this vaccine card, and you can get into uh, restaurants or in LA the Staples Center and watch a, a show, whether it's basketball or a, a music show, or you can get into the Dodger game. And the unvaccinated individual cannot come uh, because the presumption is that this individual doesn't have immunity. So the idea is, if we can if we can come up with some data to separate uh, that that well to bridge that gap where we all can can get back in line in terms of um, of celebrating together. I think the biggest attribute that I would like to share with the audience is all of us have to learn to live with this virus. It's, it's not going to go anywhere. The more we focus on the virus and not separate each other, the better our chances of, of getting back to some normality, whether that's, in my particular case, taking the kids to Universal Studios, not their reform or Disneyland, or in this particular case, the kids are going back to school and there's a fight whether they should wear the mask in school or should not wear the mask in school or the vaccination uh, as it comes to our children, will that prevent the, the, the need of mask wearing in its entirety? Where we've been, the CDC is saying that if you're indoors, you should wear a mask because the new Delta variant is supposed to be as virulent, which means as aggressive, as contagious as chickenpox. So I think if we, we focus on us, finding a union, a way to say you're just as good as, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, if, you're, if, you're, if your immunity is there, then we can all um, find a way to get in church together. So last thing you want to have is a situation where only the vaccinated people can come inside of a church. But that is kind of the direction it's going with the controversy that's currently uh, out there. So um, I can't be too foregoing on, on information that's currently being 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 sought after, I think by Friday we will have enough information to to make a claim that unity is the direction to go. And here's proof to say that we all stand in this in this um, this fight together. Are are you there, Bishop? Um, 
Bishop. Bishop. I don't, I don't think I've lost it. Uh, no, can, no, can you I, hear I'm, me there? I'm, here. I'm sorry. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The wrong absolutely. button, and I, I'm sitting here. And I, but anyway, I was saying, can you please explain my 240? Um, what is two, what, 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 what does that mean? When you did my immunity blood test, what does the 240 mean? Um, when, when, when the, the idea was to, to uh, as the audience know, that you had COVID, the idea was to say, um, if you've had COVID, in this particular case you have, um, how do we, we, we put you in line with other individuals who have the vaccine? So by okay. testing your actually antibody level, not your uh, infectious okay. level, um, your antibody level, your, your number was 240. So that means you significantly have immunity, which has lasted at this particular point, uh, at least seven months or greater, and is extremely high. So you are, at this present moment, immune to COVID. Now, how that stands up to the Delta variant, I don't know. Um, I will have data to, to show um, where that stands by Friday. Um, your numbers are extremely high. Does that mean that you ran across the variant again and, and, and now your immune system kicked in to tell COVID it's not going to uh, mess with you because you're definitely a tough guy? Um, but the 240 means that your immunity level is extremely well, almost like a force field to some degree uh, in terms of fighting COVID at this present moment. So, so one of the doctors said when I told him that it was 240, he said, well, hell, you have a super immunity. I said, well, I don't know about a super immunity, but I'm so glad that I won't be sick. And I think that's what it's all about <laughs> for most people who are getting the um, the shot is that they don't want to get sick and they don't want to die. And uh, I think that one of my biggest pet peeves is that there are people who are getting the shot and dying, and yet we're not recording that information. And when you start talking about it, people get upset. They don't want to. They don't want to talk about it. Well, uh, you're going to have some casualties. Um, you know. Um, you know. Well, look at the good. The, the, how, how many people are being saved? I said, well, I'm sure you can say that when your loved one is not the casualty. I'm sure you can say that the, the greater benefit, you know, is resolved by the fewer deaths. When your family's not the one, you don't you don't have the loss. But uh, what's your feeling about that, Doc? Um, I think in a new vaccine, um, and it happened with the polio virus to be a great example. The number of casualties, which is bad outcomes associated with any new vaccine, is going to be from somewhere between zero to ten percent. I think the, the 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 relevance of your statement of uh, it's a minor or significant depends on depends on if it's your family member or you. Uh, you have to expect that this this vaccine is going to have some bad outcomes. To to assume it's going to be perfect is unrealistic. 
and the real rationale behind it is it never was really tested enough to see what the side effects or what the long-term uh, uh, um, uh, implication would be. Uh, it was an emergency use permit, which means that we're going to find out as we go. And as we go, we, we find out good or bad information. I think there's been a lot of press to, to make sure that we don't see too much of the bad information, understanding that what they're saying in the casualty uh, side of it uh, exists. Uh, um, but I think the, the ideal of, of downplaying or hiding it is where the vaccine-hesitant people uh, um, uh, will, will take that as trickery. I think if it's transparent, knowing that, that it's either COVID or the vaccine will be a very, very um, inf- informative piece of information, especially when it comes to the, the vaccine-hesitant at this particular time, which is where the focus is, or the people that's going to be um, coming around for this booster shot to actually understand that, you're going to have bad outcomes. And to be transparent about it allows individuals, like in your particular self, to say, well, maybe I'm just good with the 240 I have and not feel pressure to say I should do something different because I don't want to be one of the casualties. Um, The transparency going forward has to be open if we're all going to get in this together and make educated decisions about ourselves and about our family. Do you think that it's fair for – no, that's not even a fair question, so I won't ask that question. I will um, – I'll say my statement. My, my, my biggest issue with this whole pandemic is that when you're not honest with the people in the beginning – and there's a lack of trust between the people and the government that is um, dealing with the pandemic. Uh, and then you want me to take your shot. I, I reserve the right to express my opinion as a black man to say, you've given my people shots before. And it wasn't for, for our benefit. Uh I believe that there was a lot of guinea pigs in this uh, pandemic. And someone brought up an interesting uh, question and scenario the other day while I was out. So I was down the street from where I am right now, and there's a restaurant, which I'm not going to mention, and they said that if you don't have your pandemic card or you don't tell us that you've been uh, vaccinated, you can't get in. And let me first start off by saying, in the beginning, they had a piece of paper uh, at the reservations desk that said that no vaccination, no entrance. And they didn't allow people in, and they were telling people. Then they changed it a little bit when I asked the questions as a reporter and said, um, so where do you get the HEPA release to be able to ask for people's personal medical records? Um, how'd you guys get that? It's, well, they, we don't have to see it. We just can tell us. Um, in a written statement, uh, it's altogether different. But I will say this, Doc. I wish that more information was transparent. I wish that there were less 
reasons to uh, question uh, the legitimacy of, let me see here. Um, okay. So John says, is it true that the baby boomers are outliving their expectation? Social Security has been spent, the money has been reallocated and is gone. So they needed to get rid of a certain amount of people. Now, I, I can't answer that, Doc, nor would I ask you to answer it. I'll just say I wish that there were more transparent information as to what they're doing and uh, what the desired outcome uh, is going to be. What can you tell me, Doc, about your experience? And you had a number of positive uh, patients to come into your clinic, and you were able to get them the necessary uh, treatment. Is there uh, well, well, an uh, actual treatment for COVID nineteen? Um, what, 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 three, three things I would like to address. The, the, the first thing is is John. Um, the the misinformation is is, and, um, is what's really separating us. The idea that that we had created COVID so we can we can decrease the population of this, this chip in this vaccine is all the fear factors that goes along with this misinformation about what's going on. So that, that, that transparency is definitely needed so that he, John is just showing us the lack of trust we have in this, in this vaccine process, whether good or bad, he's exhibiting my fear factor and my understanding that this may be something that was in, um, um, instrumented to, to bring about population control. So th- those are part of the misnomers that, that leads to frustration and separation. Whether we get a famous actor or someone that looks like us to tell us that everything's okay, it still doesn't take away that fear. The, 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 the second thing that you addressed, which was really good about patient care and the number of positive and negative that we're seeing. With the new Delta variant, the, the numbers are extremely high. Um, um, I want to just um, put this on there that one of my own employees, uh, caught COVID and will hopefully be coming back to work next week as she went through a extremely ordeal, going to the emergency room three times, hoping they were admitted because she felt so bad. 25% of the people that are vaccinated are testing COVID. Um, and one of the smart comments were well, 75% of the unvaccinated people are, are also catching COVID. Fight that bring about this division with us and, and the plea for uh, transparency. And the last question you addressed was, do you, uh, is there a true treatment for COVID? Um, now, there's two ways of, 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 of answering that question. The first question is, is there a treatment of COVID? Well, at this present moment, no. The hospitalization goes, goes with the, what we call the Domitron medication, uh, along with the IV medication, the steroids, and the breathing. Um, but um, for us, uh, as an outpatient or home remedy, yeah, my grandparents, and I'm sure Bishop, your grandparents as well, there's the, the vitamins that, that we've reiterated multiple times, magnesium, zinc, A, uh, calcium, vitamin D, um, and vitamin C, um, uh, along with, if you do come down with symptoms, the, the deep in, uh, inhalation treatment, what we call mama's magic pot with onions and garlic and cloves, things of a uh, scented um, 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 smells to help you take those deep breaths you needed 
need to, to, to just kind of break through from that adolescence, that closing down of your lungs. So the overall, there is no true uh, treatment, treatment that will, you get it, you will survive. That's why they uh, pushing the vaccines in terms of death uh, and the death rate. But I want to say pushing the vaccine, it may be too over, overzealous, uh, encouraging the use of the vaccine if you don't have COVID. And I think this at this present time, uh, if, if I'm allowed to inject, it's where you need some, some middle guy to come in and, and, and help us navigate versus, in your experience, you can't come in the restaurant if you don't have a vaccine and then switching it once the camera come in, when clearly you meant that and had you not received that press or that energy, you would have forced people to either not come to your restaurant because they were vaccinated or not vaccinated, uh, and, and which is another form of, of this, um, my, my grandparents, well, uh, the black people drink at this fountain and the white people drink at that fountain. That whole separation, segregation uh, um, is, is destined to come as we continue to fight among each other. So my, my overall take is, is to go back to what we said earlier, we need a voice and we need someone to bridge the gap and bring about some unity here. Uh, this, this separation uh, and finger pointing is, is just is, is a mess now. It ultimately may lead to violence as it comes to to um, um, people saying that you can't come in because you don't have a vaccine card, and, and that could be a horrible situation. Right. Doc, um, you have been very, very open to share your knowledge, to share your resources with the community. Um, we haven't found that with a lot of people um, Many of the, the medical workers uh, working for facilities are overworked and and underpaid and and just you know um, just giving up. So, so to find you and your family always on the front line fighting for those communities that are you know in great need of your help and services is a blessing. And I, uh, we appreciate you and the cities that you service. What do you think? It's 630, 626. How about if we get into a little bit of, um, you know, I'm not – I've never been one to throw my throw a rock and hide my hand. So I'm going to do it right here on the Unbuzzman Press Show. I hope Rihanna is listening. Rihanna, we've had a number of guests from Dick Gregory to Jewel Jones and others that, you know, hey, uh, we, we, we break records with information that is revealed here before it's revealed anywhere else. So, uh Dr. Eugene Allen has requested that we be very careful how we do this because he is a esteemed doctor. The public has asked, the communities have asked, that he service has asked him to step up because we get thousands of phone calls, um, and he's been getting thousands of phone calls. <clears throat> about medical insurance. Who's going to pay for all of the costs? 
nobody seems to be able to get through. So I and others said, hey, Dr. Allen, why don't you run for insurance commissioner? And uh, my buddy, Ronald Green, got in his ear and told him, brother, we've never had a brother in the job of insurance commissioner. After long talks with his wife, Dr. Allen, what are you going to do? I'm going to run for insurance commissioner. (laughs) You're going to become our next insurance commissioner in the state of California. That's right. You heard it first right here on the Ombudsman Press Show. We have somebody that understands insurance and is going to be able to answer those tough questions that people ask all of the time. You know, who's going to pay for this? Dr. Allen, I'm excited, brother. Uh, And just give them a little bit of a little taste of it. Um, Because most politicians have to pass the buck. Most politicians, they can't answer the question, so they say, oh, well, I'll call this number. And you call the number. The number that you have reached is not in service. You've reached a state number that is no longer in use. I'm trying to find out how do I go to the doctor. Or, hey, I just took COVID, but now I'm finding out that I can't go to nobody but my primary doctor, and I'm sick. If they didn't approve your emergency room visit, don't call me. So, Doc, tell me a little bit about what you're going to do when you become the California Insurance Commissioner. Thank you, Bishop, for that opportunity. I I was so excited when you said, Doc, what you're going to do. I kind of interjected and and answered it for you as I perceived it as a question. I, I, I honestly know in this time of a pandemic that you need leadership that's non-political when it comes to your medical concerns. You need to know the questions that we ask and how you're going to deal with us getting back together in unity and not separating us over the vaccine. You need to know if your medical bills are going to be covered. For instance, your doctors are doing Zoom or your providers uh, don't have the capacity to, to see you because they have a limited amount based on the social distances and the scheduling. And you need to know if you went to the emergency room because you didn't see or couldn't get to someone and it was just a perceived or urinary tract infection or a rash, that that wouldn't be deterred to say it was non-urgent, non-emergent, and you could have waited. Those are the concerns that the public's going to have because the insurance needs, your sickness and health, including your mental health, are going to be the focus. That, along with your, 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 um, your, where you're going to live in terms of jobs and homelessness and evictions, are going to be top priority. And having someone that can help you navigate uh, through your medical concerns, for instance, you mentioned if I had a vaccine and I had a bad outcome, is that a becomes a public uh, type of payment where you're now uh, uh, subjected to Medicare and Medicare if you can get in line to get that, if people are still waiting for some EDD payments, or is that some cash uh, out uh, uh, scenario where you're already having hard times and not working, but you chose to stand in the line to do what was perceived to be the best for you by receiving the vaccine, who's going to help us navigate through that? And lastly, these hospitals and these uh, ER and urgent cares for, for bridging the gap and seeing patients, 
need to make sure there is some compensation that's going to happen. It's just going to be shunned away to say that I'm not going to pay you and the patient shouldn't have been there. Those are the things that's going to be real, real tight as we move forward trying to bridge the gap and bring unity among each other. The last thing we need now is a, a scenario where people have no job, they have limited to no insurance, then they do, and, 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 and the number one thing that hazard in this uh, environment is illness and sickness and calls itself the COVID and, you know, relates to other areas of concern, uh, liver cancer from uh, uh, drinking too much, overdose from um, uh, oxycontin, Vicodin, and, and po- uh, uh, promethazine with codeine, um, and uh, psych issues uh, as well uh, with suicide rate going through the roof. Your health is, is really the top um, vote getter that you should be focused on as we move forward because without that, everything else is crumbling around it. And having someone that can at least have the conversations that we're having, help navigate through some of the, the, the dis, uh, misunderstanding with the, with the virus and, and, and the injections and the not being injected um, and how you should interact with your family and, what we should do when we go to restaurants. If we don't have someone in that office that's, that understands the need of, of my kids need to go back to school, I would love for us to continue to, to uh, patronize uh, restaurants and patronize um, um, Disneyland and Universal Studio without feeling like, or even a basketball game without feeling like we can't come because somebody has decided there's some separation and they can use the money and the activity as well. My goal now is to, uh, to listen, as, you, as the community has said, to come forward and make a difference by running for insurance commissioner so I can be that go-to person to try to bridge that gap. Wow, wow, wow. Well, you know, I know, just like you know, because God does not send you on a mission that you're not prepared for. You've been preparing for this for your whole life. And you really have the propensity, the tenacity, and the knowledge to serve the public in this capacity. I'm excited about it. And I can't wait to see you become the California Insurance Commissioner. And we've had people in, in that office before. Uh, you know, most people that have insurance uh, know that it is important to have an insurance commissioner that can deal with insurance companies. You've been dealing with insurance companies with your company, with your businesses. You've proven that you are a great businessman because your uh, uh, cares are successful. You don't open up one or two or three or four or five or six or seven if you're not successful at it. So when I look at businessmen in politics, real businessmen, I look at their integrity, I look at their moral compass, and I look at their former clients, patients, uh, business partners. Uh, You look back. You look back, and when they look back on you, Doc, they're going to find a bunch of people that would not have gotten the help that they got if you had not been there. So thanks a lot 
Um, you know, it's not often that we get to put a good doctor on the uh, hot seat. So I'm going to take advantage of the fact that we don't do that crap on this show. What I am going to do is I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the to the world, everyone that is listening. Why don't you tell them about who you are, where you came from, and why it's important for you to leave this legacy for your children and be a living legend right now today. Uh, thanks again, Bishop, for, 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 for that opportunity. Um, the, 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 the first and most, most important part of that question was, um, who am I? Um, I believe I'm a, a man of God, uh, and I know I, I serve God, and, and, and my focus is to, to continuously to please God in terms of doing great as he's continued to bless me to have what I have. So I want to identify myself, no matter what, as a man of God and that God has chosen and worked with to do great things. Where I came from was the humble beginning of nothing, uh, and I think that a lot of us have that same uh, dynamic, at least most of us. Um, we came from welfare. We came from food stamps. I came from Mississippi. Uh, there was the absence of a, a mother and father as they uh, um, had passed away, and my grandmother raised me. Um, she passed uh, right before I graduated from medical school, and I was blessed to come out at Martin Luther King, where I, I'm currently here in Los Angeles. The desire to help, I think, has always been uh, in my heart. Matter of fact, uh, before I came to this point, that, that was my premise. Um, I tell you something funny. My oldest son, who's nine, won the award for um, outstanding or, or gold medal award for most hours performed during the year of 2020 in terms of giving back and helping the community. Um, his, uh, con- his concern was he could have done more had I allowed him to go out and give out the food and the boxes to the homeless, when the, and this is when the virus at its peak. I, I think that that gift in our heart or that gift in my heart of helping is, is just within you. You're either going to be that person and it's something that you can't fake, fake or change. Is, is this who you are? Are you genuinely coming out at this particular point where the pandemic is still at its height and all of the misnomers are out there, just the local basis, my Los Angeles area, is not enough, I think, to make a significant difference in the state of California now. If I'm blessed to that whatever leverage I'm able to to uh, put in motion here can affect the, uh, the United States and possibly, well, I'm, I'm happy with that. But at least trying to move to the state level now allows me the opportunity to reach all over. And what would you be doing? You've got to come up with a method, if possible, for us to channel our energy, discuss our insurance concerns, our health concerns, not say mental health is an issue and call this number. That's great, but most of the people in mental health don't want you to know. Uh, Most of the suicide rate is that's what it is, it's suicide. They're not not, um, coming forward to say that I'm, I'm suffering, or most of them are male, too, 
and, and they've lost their job. They can't support their families. So you're, 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 the idea of these individuals coming forth and saying something is kind of hard. So why don't we have these dialogue where, where you can call your insurance commissioner and you can discuss how I'm, the world knows how difficult mental health issues um, can be and has affected everyone by the young lady who uh, couldn't perform during the Olympics. Those mental health issues are there, and she talked about it, but the pressure to still move forward exists in the world. We need that outlet to say, I am, I am having whatever dialogue with my health and with my mental health. And, and who can I call? Well, I'm going to call, in this case, if, if it's the Obudsman show, and, and ask the question, hey, Dr. Allen, this is what I'm dealing with. I don't want to go to um, a mental health uh, uh, place where they can judge me because my pride is involved and I'm, I, I, I feel bad because I've lost my job. I was in construction or I was in a restaurant or whatever I was doing and it's not working. I want to ask you, and these are the questions I get when they come to the urgent care, I want to ask you about how you feel, and you can relate. Why? Because, one, most of the time I've been through it myself, uh, and that's what allows you to talk. And by speaking with that individual and others are listening, you're able to help more. I think that position um, will allow me to reach a lot of individuals on multiple levels and allow the goodness that, that, that resides in my, my spiritual self to, to help navigate through a time where you need a leader, you need someone you can trust, and at least you need a conversation where we can open it up for most listeners or just you and I, whoever's listening, where we can kind of help pull each other out of this pandemic. It will pass. It has done before, but measles, mumps, and rubella, and, and polio, and other illnesses. However, at this particular time, the true leaders, the, the, the ones that nothing but heart and love needs to be at the forefront so we can trust, not look for some financial gain, some Instagram um, success, fly-by-night. You want someone to help you now. And by helping others through God's grace, you help yourself. So I think that's the main reason that I, um, I, I came to this place. Uh, and the legacy is to, to be that guy, to be the one that when the time came that you moved to the forefront and you made a difference. And so as the kids see that, as my son made the difference and, and had the gold medal, for achieving um, the uh, gold medal for outstanding um, um, services during the uh, uh, public service and community work pandemic, that that legacy continues. And even in the absence of mom and I, genuinely he knows I'm a public servant until proven otherwise. And within that, within that auspice, I will grow my business, I will, I will treat my people, and I will move forward. My heart is in trying to make a difference and trying to make other people's lives greater. Are you are you there, Bishop?
Bishop. Bishop, are you there?
Amen. Amen. You know, Doc, you are, to me, an everyday brother. And I, I, I really appreciate uh, you stepping into this new uh, space because uh, the people need someone who's going to tell them the truth. They need somebody who's going to talk to them and explain things to them, and they need, they need an advocate. They need a, a doctor to understand what they've been going through. Every day we get these phone calls. Without violating HEPA, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a, a client that I had, uh, a complainant that ended up that we ended up uh, assisting. But but I want to talk about the disease bipolar because there are so many people in our community that don't understand when you say bipolar. Can you please explain? Uh, the disease bipolar? Absolutely, absolutely. What you're finding, too, in, in the pandemic is, is a lot of people that's having mental breakdowns are bipolar. They, it usually happens in, in an adult uh, lifetime, uh, an adult part of your lifetime, mostly in males, uh, under a stressful situation like this. And what you'll find is a normal functioning individual who's making irrational thoughts or irrational decisions. Um, under that anxiety and stress, um, the, the assumption is uh, everybody's out to get me. The, 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 the conversation is flighty. The trustworthiness is, is down to zero. You'll find this individual peeping uh, out the window consistently, checking his phone consistently, thinking that people have, have plugged the uh, or somehow have uh, um, have a device where they can track his conversation. His inter- interaction with his friends uh, become nil to none because he's very accusatory of them um, thinking bad of him or, or trying to take something from him. Uh, they become less functional at the job. Their uh, relationship with their kids and family tends to diminish uh, um, because they lose their ability to connect with them. Uh, assuming that they're part of his problem and not not there for his solution. So uh, bipolar is going to be your your, your leading um, mental health. Now, of course, we say mental health from a like previous functioning individual, not your mental health that you're seeing from the uh, the homeless population who are having less access to their medication, and therefore you'll see them with tents all over the place or literally walking down the street with no clothing on. Uh, so bipolar, you you can expect to be at the top of the um, the uh, psychiatric uh, um, dilemma. Uh, and the minute you see this type of behavior, a normal functioning individual which is acting completely irrational, uh, it's time to do quick intervention. Uh, and there's the uh, psych urgent emergent. Now remember, they're going to be very prideful. They're going to be believing that 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 they are correct in their uh, assumptions, uh, and, and the fact that you're trying to get them help is part of the conspiracy of, 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 of how to get them. So you want to be gentle in the way you approach it, but you want to be very quick and aggressive uh, because it can be a debilitating illness uh, where they um, um, uh, just hide away from the world, won't show up for work, have a back house, assuming that the people in the front 
in the front or in their actual living quarters or have microphones or, or, or hitting you know, instruments that listens in on that phone conversation or somehow spies on them. So you really want to be aggressive as this can be a deteriorating event and can lead to a truthful bad outcome. So during the pandemic, outside of you assisting Ombudsman International and National Ombudsman, I haven't heard anyone seen in the mental psychosis that's taking place from a year lockdown. You know, we see the crime spikes because people, are, when they let them out, they just went crazy. But a year incarceration was a long time for a lot of people. And I'm not sure if many people have been watching, but uh, domestic violence is up. Uh, divorce, uh, petitions are up, up, up. And I think this is all due to being sequestered without any real uh, uh, assistance to deal with what happens when you're locked in for a year, you know? And even the people who are fighting right now, whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask, whether you get vaccination or you don't get vaccination, it's like people are really ready to – most people don't understand. They've been locked up for a year. They, they, it's fight or flight. And if they've been locked up, it's now, the, you know, what do you think, Doc? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, I, I, I think you're absolutely correct. So now just to just to do the side street uh, move here, uh, mainstream has not had the opportunity to bring forth this other than say, if you're saying if you have a psychiatric or potential psychiatric in, uh, illness, call this number. That's been the biggest help. And most of the people through the pandemic, one, didn't want to come out because they were afraid they were going to catch the virus if they went somewhere, and two, was too prideful to mention that this was happening, and they would tell each other, I'm just going crazy, especially my anxiety, depression. That's Main Street. The side street I talked about is I truly see it in the urgent care. So it comes to me. I had a lady just the other day work at a uh, a um, um, casino restaurant where uh, she was being yelled and screamed at by a high client, felt that she wasn't getting support from the, um, from the, um, the staff there and was going through a divorce, uh, older uh, uh, in an elderly population, older but, but in her early 40s or, or, or so, uh, felt that, that, that she was losing her mind and she was going crazy and she couldn't talk to her kids and she just literally broke down to say, it's too much, I'm dealing with too much. And, and, and the, the ideal of having to, to try to convince her if possible to get some help other than me, the, the actual physician, trying to introduce some medication to try to help her navigate through this anxiety, depression, was outstanding. So mainstream has just offered telephone lines. It was like a guy named Rodney Dangerfield, again, dating myself. Rodney Dangerfield said, I call suicide prevention and they put me on hold. That was one of his jokes that he had. With the number going, I don't know if we're reaching people or not reaching people, but in, at the end of the day, um, um, there should be a, 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 a push, if you will. And, and how would I propose such a push? Well, 
one of the things you could do is is, is have where these individuals, again, like we say, can call in and talk uh, to the insurance commissioner. Uh, but two, they could email. Uh, email the insurance commissioner. Email um, uh, whoever uh, that if there is a, a, a system set up to say, hey, I need help. Just, that's all you have to say. And it could be so simplistic that like a multiple choice question, you, you, you log into this site, you put your, and it's your email with your contact information, a, I'm okay, B, I'm mildly okay, and then you can differentiate what, what's from, from zero to ten what's mild. C, I'm suicidal, and, and D, I'm just losing my mind. And, and with that, there will be a contact information where we will call you, and, and the idea would be that these individuals wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to come up to us to say I'm having a, having a problem. It's, not, it's very difficult for somebody to come to you and say I'm having a mental breakdown and expect that, that that's going to be okay, especially if they're prideful. But to have a system where we could reach these individuals, I think, is, is, is where I would step in and, and would like to step in as the insurance commissioner uh, and, and, and reach as many people. Remember, the, the goal in life is you. By God's grace, I help myself. So my number one, number one factor would be trying to, to help. That's my little son. <laughs> Is in the background, but that that that's yeah. my goal, and that's that's where I will step in as the insurance commissioner, and that's how I will help mainstream and continue to help on the side street within my clinic, offering these opportunities and mainstream then reach those individuals who don't come to my clinic but still would like to have some mental uh, health issues dealt with. Well, Doc. Uh- I'm telling you that this this is a blessing from the God, and you know there's so many uh, unspoken about issues, and I hear one in the background. So I, you know God is God always communicate to me through people, and I hear your son. Let's talk about that for a moment. Children being vaccinated. Right now it's 12 and older. What happens when they want to vaccinate our children? And do you have any uh, information on how many kids have been vaccinated and have had, uh, you know, negative results, I mean, negative uh, repercussions for being vaccinated? Um, well, the, the data for twelve uh, for 15 or uh, let's just say from 12, from zero to 12 is is not out because they, they haven't really created the vaccine for that age group. It's, it's 15 and older high school kids is where they're shooting for. The true incident of, of any person younger catching COVID and having a bi- bad outcome is, is around, say, 2% with the, um, the uh, cardiac. It's called like a toxic shock syndrome with that 2% that actually developed COVID and have this uh, delayed event of where they have cardiac uh, uh, um, uh, lung issues and, and ultimately um, have a, a bad outcome in terms of death. Um, the vaccine for the kids in that age group is not there, although they are being tested and, and uh, on the market to be coming soon. Hopefully it won't require um, be a, a better study versus what we want to say is emergency use. Because my children who developed COVID had like one day of running those sore throat and cough and was back normal. Um, so I have no real issues having my kid go to school 
after being out with COVID this year for two reasons. One, I've seen that the virus wasn't that virulent uh, in his age group. Now, bringing it back home could be an issue if, if we're dealing with a situation where there's not immunity, but the, in the, the child themselves didn't have a bad outcome. And two, I think the, the, the age group of, of, let's say, three to um, at least 39 needs a social life. Uh, they're, they're, that's where the suicide is, uh, and depression and anxiety because they can't communicate, can't talk, can't date, uh, and, and, and being in an environment where they can't socialize is, is really um, led to uh, my life is over and I want to go back and start over again from, from what I said. I didn't talk about that recently. So I think when we say the vaccine and its effects on the kids is a little early. Um, I have seen for uh, all the literature showing that there have been cardiomyopathies associated um, um, with the, the high school age kids, and we'll use it at, that as a, the general age group. Um, junior high is not as as as, as being vaccinated as a high school age kid. They've had um, um, flu-like symptoms, um, um, irritated heart muscle, which is um, um, resolved within a week or so. Uh, there are some new literature of uh, um, uh, one child uh, receiving a vaccine, and, and he was found um, um, uh, deceased at home with his parents. And, and, and we didn't get to the last of that story. Matter of fact, the press moved away from that one quickly before they gave us the, the final outcome. So um, I, my, my take on vaccinating the kids uh, uh, is very, very cautious. Uh, as a parent, I have my friends, I have some friends who have had the kids vaccinated and, and had no issues with it, and, and, and the kid did fine. Uh, it, 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 I think it should be perceived as caution with parents, um, along with the, do you want your kids to go to school, which is a Zoom uh, uh, option if they don't. And, but I think saying that my kid can't come to school without a vaccine card, well, I think that's going overboard, uh, especially when it comes to our children. So the, the verdict is still out on, on, on children. I would encourage everybody that listens, God bless me, to to uh, um, let them hear my voice. Proceed extremely cautious with your child. Uh, I have not seen um, in, in, in my clinic a child that had COVID and, and had a, a bad outcome other than just running those social calls and, and, and flu-like symptoms, uh, which, which resolved within one or two days. I think that, you know, um, we, we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to offend people. But when you talk about our kids, I think I would like to have a little bit more information as to, you know, what – what is does the benefit outweigh, uh, you know, me not doing this? And is it only going to be mandatory vaccination for public school? Uh, you know, what what are the side effects? What, what you know, what testing has been done? Uh, I don't, I, you know, you, you can't trust just anything when you're talking about your kids. And it burns me up when they say, well, just, you know, we got to, the benefit outweighs not doing it. Yes, just like you've mentioned before, with polio, this became a vaccination that helped to eradicate polio. But do we trust the current system in place that is handling this? Okay, it would be more, it would be easier for me to trust 
if you didn't give a free cheeseburger and a lottery ticket, if you didn't give Winchell's Donuts and, 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 and uh, 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 a Starbucks coffee, if you didn't give lottery tickets and, and you know, it's like, wait a minute, what kind of sham is this? If this is what I need to save my life, why are you giving McDonald's away? And, 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 and you know, why why is Bill Gates and other people involved in, in – in, it's just way too much, man. It's just way too much. And we need doctors and, and scientists to step up and be honest. That's what I'm asking for. It's, it's just the, the smart people to step up and push all these lying politicians and lying business people out of the way. Am I asking too much? I think I think you're I think you're right on it, Bishop. Uh, uh, it goes right back to the transparency. Um, we, we're in an area um, in Los Angeles where trickery is is the, is, is always uh, the, the 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 suspect. In the minute we listen to what you say and we watch what you do. So if you tell us, okay, let's do this. And then you 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 come back and say, and if you do this, I'm gonna give you something for it. Now it it, it brings up our radar saying that something's funny, or you wouldn't have to do that. And I always say that transparency. And then you bring out uh, someone who's an athlete or an actor, and 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 use their influence to say, well, this individual is doing it, so I should do it. It's, it's always perceived in 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 the area that I serve as trickery. The, 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 the number one way to be transparent is to find a, 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 a community leader, someone we trust, and be open and just be honest. Um, I found that just by being honest, and if you don't know, you say you don't know, but by just being honest, you'll get a lot, lot more done than, than, than what you're describing um, with investors, uh, loopholes, and, and rewards. For something that's supposed to be life-saving, it, 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 that doesn't add up to the cautious, and it brings about a lot of vaccine hesitancy because there's too much uh, of that that they see in the background, which would looks like a setup, uh, and, and that's that transparency part that may not even be a setup, but the transparency part is you present it as that, and therefore my take and my reaction is going to be to 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 fight that. Do you think that people have a justified um, concern? Um, 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 in, in terms of uh, the vaccine or in terms of COVID, uh, um, what, what would be more specific? Uh, well, in terms of concerns about um, trusting the information that's out there, because on one end there's a lack of information, and then on the other end there's misinformation. I agree with you, and 100 percent there's going to be um, a, a a a a a issue with 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 trust because you have to say that during the pandemic most of the writers are are trying to make money, and so what we hear today we hear different tomorrow, or we hear a different version of it from a different writer which means that your information is coming from your newscasters uh, either via direct television or, or social media of some sort. 
and and we don't have that solid person. Um, um, and, and and a lot of people have lost a little faith in Fosse, and we don't have that solid person to say that okay, this guy speaks the truth. Let me see what he's saying, and then I could be better in in, in how I react uh, with my family and with my own life. Um, as long as the press is giving us the information, doubt, concern, and and, and plays, and, and you you further you further pushes away and to the point where where it's, uh, I read an article where ammunition now is 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 back to to you can't get in ammunition if you had a weapon uh, to its all time low because people are now getting afraid and what does fear bring about uh, uh, protection and protection brings about weapon or or a separation. Uh, just like we got going on with this virus, because some trickery is going on, and many persons feel like they're being tricked. They they pull up, they they go to arms, or they 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 go into protection mode. So, um, I think that transparency would say that allows you to drop your guns, drop your guards, and and come to the table for unity. What are you going to do different? when you become the insurance commissioner and what's being done right now? The first thing I would do is, is, is open up a channel of communication. I literally would love to have a one day a week um, um, uh, talk to your insurance commissioner. And, and that one day a week can be an hour broadcast where I can take as many calls as God allow me because you'll find out that a lot of people questions have the, are, are, are similar. They just need to have an answer to have someone ask it. And and be interactive, and and in a situation like this, is uh, have others to to comment on those particular events, whether good or bad, so then we can open that discussion and broaden and and, and, and decrease the gap. So on one side, you may have someone say, "I never take the vaccine. It did, uh, you know, it was a trickery. We got syphilis. Uh, um, that those type things are still happening. Chips and uh, and they're tracking us. And then over here, you have another person to say um, um, the vaccine is the best thing that God could give us. Um, um, and then now we try to say, okay, we got these two extremes, and let's deal with first their inner issues because it's not the vaccine. These individuals have inner issues. And then if we can get past their inner issues, we can bring them closer to an understanding. Now if the guy that says the vaccine is everything, is the best thing since back in my day to say since sliced bread, is 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 good. Then we high five him. We encourage him to encourage others, especially if he had any bad outcome, and and we work with him on on how to deal with his interaction with the non-vaccinated. And if the non-vaccinated individual don't have a uh, uh, a vaccine and he thinks the trickery, does he have COVID? And can we work with some parameters to say that hey, you guys are fighting, but both of you guys have the same thing, uh, 240 immunity level. So. Uh, so why are we fighting to be kissing cousins, as Elvis Presley said? That's what makes it all right with this song, kissing cousins, that's what makes it all right. But you can bridge that gap because what you'll have is just all this misunderstanding. But I think once once a week, uh, talk to your insurance commissioner, it will be very helpful for one hour time during the pandemic where we can deal with not just that. That's a small example. Uh, I went to the ER and I'm stuck with a you know uh, $2,000 bill. I'm, I'm on uh, this the diverse rent program. I don't have a job, and my insurance uh, is saying that it was non-urgent, but I couldn't get to my doctor, or I couldn't go because my kids were in school, and 
And and and I had to wait. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. My my husband had the car, and I had to wait for the car to come home so I can go to the doctor. And the only place I could go at that time, and I was the ER. And, and now I I I, don't, I you know I can't pay this bill. How do I deal with that? So you can intervene with with those types and who's the insurance carrier. How do we get the bill down to as affordable with the hospital and the ER group? Um, but those are concerns that 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 we interact with our insurance commissioner and not try to write a thousand letters or fight people who, who are really going to want to just, you know, be harsh with you and force you to follow rules and, and, and get in line. That only separates us out and, and, and makes us think that the world, you know, upside down and feel victimized and ultimately lead to psychological issues and possible suicide. So I want to be visible. I want to be hands-on. I plan to be that guy, good or bad, throwing in the bus, talk about me, but I want to be there to be involved. And in the end, you will see just by having certain conversations, open up dialogue, relationships can move forward and we can grow together. Doc, there's been a lot of people who stayed in their homes and they basically died inside their homes because they did not uh, – Go to the hospital. They didn't, you know, they were told at the hospitals that if you think you have COVID, stay at home. Don't come down here. And uh, some of them didn't go and and get, I mean, the shots were not available to them at that time or they had gotten a shot and they had complications. So they ended up, uh, uh, you know, they ended up dying uh, at home. Who, I mean, should there have been someone that they could call? Um, I, I, I think uh, had, this, had we allowed a system in place or had someone who were active, there's two ways to, that we could have dealt with that. We had an emergency response team called paramedics, but I don't think we had an emergency COVID response team. So, for instance, if your grandmom in her 60s had COVID, and she herself uh, was found to be sick. And these are things that we could have easily put in place. Um, and she called 911 and had a situation where either she's positive and we didn't want to bring her to the hospital or the paramedics didn't want to go into the facilities. Having an emergency uh, team, imagine like a Ghostbuster type of dynamic. There's a show called Be the Ghostbuster, where these individuals, like myself, who actually made home visits, had on gear, uh, the oxygen mask. They had on the um, the protection uh, um, boots, um, uh, gowns. Were able to go in and administer medication, like I was forced to do to uh, a couple of homes. Um, these individuals wouldn't have had to you know, pass away with bronchitis because they developed COVID in the test. Never did get to the doctor. Never did receive the VPAC or any IV meds or shots ultimately developed COVID with bronchitis or some type of pneumonia and passed because COVID stopped you from breathing and pneumonia gave you the infection, and now you have grandma or grandpa who passed away at this house. These ideas that I'm, I'm sharing with you could have been roundtable talk or could have been um, a conversation at that state level where we can say let's have a, a, a at the paramedics at, at each station, a trained COVID response team 
for these type of emergencies. Whereas if something would happen, we that we sent the COVID response paramedic team versus our basic uh, uh, car accident firefighter unit um, uh, who was, was well equipped, least likely to catch the virus and go in and, and be able to to help those individuals to survive. And those are the ones that didn't come to the emergency room and end up in ICU and pass away. So my 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 um, my uh, thought process would have been: Could we've done more? Of course we could. Uh, but under great leadership come great ideas, and under great ideas come great plans. And under great plans with, with, with activation, you can make a difference and, and ultimately save lives. Let me ask you this. Should those emergency room doctors and those nurses and those individuals that took care of those COVID patients, should they be paid? I mean, should uh, should should anybody be shifted, jilted, not paid? Who was out there working during this pandemic? I, I think any and everybody that that, for instance, my my employee developed COVID, and it would get irrespective of where she got it from. I made sure her and her family survived because I, I had loyalty and love for her being on the front line with me. I think any person, whether the grocery store person, because we all needed to eat, the the, the restaurant person who served me a, um, um, a sandwich or, or um, um, uh, behind some glass, the, the gas station attendant who took the money and only had a little plexiglass in front of him or her, I think anyone – that that was on that front line interacting direct with patient care that suffered any outcome because of this virus should be compensated irrespectful of what their level in the food chain was whether it's the manager the owner uh, or just the uh, employee um, they should be compensated no one including our emergency uh, staff which was in the hospital and urgent cares and doctor's office should have had a reason or should have should have suffered financially behind their interaction with COVID when, it, when, in essence, they're doing their best to keep the system, the needed system, in whatever capacity moving. It just wasn't the, 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 the healthcare workers. I needed gas. I needed food. Um, I needed um, um, just regular day items. Um, I don't hardly go to the mall to buy uh, clothing and socks, but, uh, those things, but I'm sure people needed those for their, for their business as well. Uh, um, so everybody that was out and about is okay. the way to say it should, should be taken care of, and no one should suffer right. uh, behind the pandemic. Okay, so I never play devil's advocate because I don't advocate for the devil. But I want to discuss with uh, the public, and I'm glad that you are running for insurance commissioner because you know, I don't see the insurance companies as the devil. I don't see them as evil. I see them as a business, and I see them as providing a service. And that service, when you need it, uh, you're glad you have it because they pay off or they, they take care of you or they do what they need to do. Now, I, I just have this, this, this sneaky suspicion that some of these insurance companies feel like, okay, we're not getting any money. From all of these, all of this uh, uh, 
from all of this money that they're putting into the the uh, vaccinations, but yet we are seeing these people who are having side effects come into us, and we're being asked to take care of them, right? Because we're their providers. Uh, is it fair to say that some of somebody should be coming up with some money, or there should be a fund to help defer the cost from the side effects or for the victims of the vaccinations? Well, because that, that, right that, now, is, that is always. Go ahead. Go ahead that, 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 is, that has always been. And, uh, a, an argument that I, I, I've continued to push forward as I run for insurance commissioner, three levels of protection would be what I would call it. Level one would be if you have insurance, um, then you subsidize their insurance for their copay, their, their, their hospitalization, their deductible. Level two would be the uninsured or undocumented individual who, who lives here, um, uh, but yet still uh, doesn't have access to uh, Medicare or county privileges, um, so but he's here, and you don't want him spreading the virus, and so this individual gets a, uh, a, um, a, a bad outcome. Uh, we we got to have some protection for him, which is just straight like an engine fund, and then level three would be uh, state Medicare Medicare uh, uh, subsidies depending on how bad the, the situation was. Some of these individuals developed Guillain-Barre, which is a, a paralysis associated with like a stroke. Uh, they may require long-term management like Medicare. Medicare. And some of these individuals uh, had uh, um, what they call long haulers, where, where um, um, well, that was from COVID itself, but uh, other individuals who may have any uh, blood clot or something that developed from day and day and then pass away, they may need state medical if they've lost their job. So that process, I'm, I'm hoping to, as I move to the, uh, a state level and have other conversations, um, will be will be what I would like to bring. I can't make a difference unless I'm sitting at that table where the policies are made and having these educated discussions. Uh, remember, the most beautiful part about being who I am is I don't understand the patient. When you speak of the insurance company, most of these guys are my friends as well on a personal basis, uh, and so we can have these private conversations uh, to, to create this as we bring it to the public and, 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 and not let the public feel like they're being victimized or abandoned or, you know, in essence, uh, insurance just want to make money and don't care about it. We can, we can again, br- uh, bring about transparency, block that misnomer, and, and, and make sure during the pandemic I bridge the gap, which is where my, my, my energy is, uh, in terms of um, bringing us more on unity and moving us into a different era, Doc, you have you have really, really, really uh, answered a lot of questions for me. Uh, we're coming up to the end of the hour, and I I just wanted to just thank you for you know being there, being a brother. Uh, I feel like you're my brother from another mother. Uh, you know, I know Rihanna is is really. Uh, grateful um, that we're back doing this again, uh, uh, and she 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 runs the board. She runs the radio. She so not this time, but 
at some point you'll, you'll hear from Rihanna. She's the one that keeps our sound. She's the producer of of all of the nice ads that you see. Uh, she takes care of that, get that out there. Now, you can also, uh, and the listeners can listen to this show uh, in, a couple, in a couple of days. Um, it will be uh, uh, on the Emmy Archive. So those of you that missed it live, uh, Doc, you can pull up the link and use it for other um, references in, 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 from the Blog Talk uh, Radio. And we are, we're excited. Blog Talk USA, Blog Talk Radio is excited to have you on. And we're hoping that uh, your uh, message will resonate uh, with the communities that you service and that the whole entire state of California will be introduced to you uh, as what we need uh, in the insurance commissioner's chair. You know, I've known uh, uh, former insurance commissioners, uh, both uh, Gray Davis as well as Steve Posner, uh, and as well as I know the current insurance commissioner. And what I can say about Steve Steve was very much knowledgeable about insurance, and he could answer the questions. Uh, we've seen him in the community, uh, like yourself, willing to do town hall meetings and explain uh, when we had questions about the high rates of insurance. You know, it was his administration that helped to roll back, you know, the high costs, uh, even at the the, the um the expense of even having, um, you know, uh, state insurance, uh, he, you know, when they threaten to leave. So I, I'm just glad that we have a friend uh, in the insurance commissioner with you, as well as the insurance company have a long-term uh, uh, person that they can deal with at a professional level, you know, as a colleague. So, you know, um, I'm excited. I mean, th- th- that's all I can say. Uh, is there anything? I'm going to give you the last few minutes uh, of the show. We've got three minutes. Uh, why don't you say whatever you would like to say? And uh, if you have a website, we can post that website later on um, on the links. Uh, if you have, uh, you know, any other website you want to share with them so people can see what you do. You're welcome to do that, Dr. Taylor-Norris. Okay. Um, definitely I want to thank uh, uh, Blog Talk uh, USA for the opportunity and, 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 and yourself, Fisher, for being just an outstanding individual as well in the community. I want to give you your due respect. You've been outstanding at, at multiple levels in, in this fight, and I want to make sure that the audience know, know that. Um, I, um, Dr. Allen for, uh, for Insurance Commissioner 2022, Dr. Allen or Insurance Committee 2022, that's going to be the uh, fight that we're going to use uh, for donations and, and for support at Dr. Allen L.A., at D-R-A-L-L-E-N-L-A, is uh, where you can see the, the, the beautiful work that God has allowed me to do for the community. And, of course, DrDonUrgentCare.com is the medical uh, side where you can see patients uh, talk about their experiences and see what the clinic's like if you need to actually see someone immediately. Um, um, those avenues is, is, is where I'm going to continue to try to make a difference. 
uh, continue to show you what I've been doing, continue to be a part, and open for suggestions that you may have. Remember, any race uh, is not an individual race. It's a, in this race, we run together. So your questions and are my concerns, my answers is that helps, and by helping each other, we grow together. So um, I would like for you to you know, be in this race with me. Um, just make sure your your needs are met, your thoughts and concerns are met, those concerning others are met. And when we win the race, we then turn around and open that door and make as many people healthy in a pandemic where sickness is the top priority now as we can, and we pull each other through it and, uh, looking forward to a brighter uh, future. Remember, COVID is not leaving. The idea that, that normalcy will be normalcy as it was before is not, it doesn't seem like that's going to be on the table. You have a uh, real difficult time trying to eradicate it as it's changed now to the Delta variant and will continue to change. So learning to accept our new neighbor is the way to go because this, this virus is not leaving. But working together as a team, working together with each other, is the only way that we can bond and stop the illness, stop the sickness, stop the, the unnecessary separation and, and false information. And the only way you're going to, be able to do that is to have someone you trust and have someone in a leadership position that's willing to listen to you, follow your instincts, and work together to bring about change. I uh, thank Bishop and I thank uh, Blog Talk uh, USA for this opportunity to get my voice out here. And uh, Dr. Allen for Insurance Commissioner 2022. Uh, State of California um, is is where my goal and my mind and our mission will be for change. Only at that policy table, only at that table will I be able to bring about the change that we need. Well, thank you. This has been the Ombudsman Press Show. I'm your host, Bishop L.J. Gilder. You've been listening to Dr. Eugene Allen. MD, and thanks for listening in. I hope we taught you a little something, gave you a little something to think about. You can always go and check and check find, and i tell you one thing. You'll find that you get more information right here on Ombudsman Press Show right here on Blog Talk USA. Thank you. Rihanna, take us home. Homeless is still homeless, the poor is still poor, yet we find billions of dollars to fund senseless war, and yes, we're fighting terrorism, what about the quiet racism, dividing among ourselves, somebody's crying for help, heaven is listening. Heaven is watching, heaven knows, and they may not play this on the radio, cause the devil don't want you to know, if we don't stop the hypocrisy, the nation will lose its soul, and rather play music about money and sex. Like we don't have no intellect Somebody need to show some respect Cause God ain't through with us yet Heaven to listen Heaven to listen 
the teeth 